Hey everybody, it's Michael. And if you're enjoying the podcast, something you can do to really help me out is to leave a review on iTunes. It's one of the most important metrics in terms of getting new listeners, especially when they come in and they look at the reviews and they see what's going on. They want to see good ratings, high number of ratings before they commit to listening to the podcast. Percy Stance, I read your comment. Thank you so much for listening. I feel honored that I'm able to help you soar like an eagle, and I'll continue to try to do my best to ensure that happens with every podcast. Welcome to the Maven Nation, Maven Nation, your tactical podcast to getting more, 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 or less with your host, Michael Andrew. In today's episode, I wanted to address a few things about first how I debate with people, if I debate with people and the thresholds that are required for me to debate with people. And then I'm going to give you two examples, very hot, controversial topics, specifically GMOs and uh, climate change, global warming. Especially in the day and age that we live in, if you're looking at Facebook online or in person, there are very passionate people on both sides of the fence that love to debate and love to get into it. And the first thing I would recommend is do not engage in any debate with a person who intentionally misunderstands you. We're, we're all human, right? We, we, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. Somebody who intentionally misunderstands you is the person who looks at maybe the spelling of a word or an, a, you know, a secondary idea, and that's what they home in on because you were a little bit wrong about it, and they just make a big deal. They're not really trying to understand your side. And the second thing that you can do is even if you disagree with somebody, try your best to understand where they are coming from. You know, and, and this happens a lot in the photography world is, you know, we'll see these videos from other YouTubers and I, I'm like, what? And, and I say, okay, hold on for a second. Try to understand what he where he's coming from. And that has really helped me. And I've learned a lot of things that I wouldn't otherwise because I asked that question. So those are the two things. Avoid somebody who intentionally misunderstands you. Don't even waste your time with them. And the second is, is try to understand where they're coming from. The two topics, GMOs and climate change. Before I engage in a debate with anybody about our conversation is I want to make sure they have an understanding of some of the basics. So I do this by asking them questions. When we're talking about GMOs or genetically modified organisms, everybody's talking about, you know, it's in our food, it's everywhere, it's bad, it's killing us, there's not enough tests done. You know, we don't know if it's good or bad, and, and they're very passionate. The first question I ask is, can you give me an example where a GMO has helped somebody? A, any one single example. The vast majority of the people that I ask that question to cannot. So if you're on that side of the fence, this is going to help you right now. Okay, you're going to be better armed knowing this. So they think about it for a second. And they're like, no, I, you know, I really can't think of any. Okay. The second question I ask them is where does human insulin come from? Talking about what diabetics inject into their stomachs. Insulin is a very important protein. You need it to survive. It helps regulate sugar. And if you don't have it, you're in trouble. It could kill you. They shrug their shoulders and they say, I don't know. you know. And so then this opens the discussion about where human insulin, in terms of its production, is made. What happens is, Scientists have figured out a way to take the human insulin gene, the DNA that produces it, and put it into a bacteria, a different organism, that they can grow up. And by the way, 
GMO, genetically modified organism, means taking DNA from one organism and putting it into another one. That's what it means. Okay, a lot of people are freaking out over this. So the human insulin product that is used by millions of Americans every day that they need to live is a pure GMO product. It's hugely beneficial. And if you're a scientist, this is going to sound like this, this whole thing that I'm talking about right now is going to sound just crazy. But the vast majority of science medicine is based on genetic modifications right now. So all the research, all the cutting edge antibiotic design in use. If you use antibiotics, guess what? GMOs were used in the development of those antibiotics, whether you, whether you like it or not. And so now we have this conflict that GMOs are not always bad. They're very useful. Okay, so if, you, if there's an Ebola outbreak in the United States, that cure, pure GMO product. Okay, and, and so what I'm trying to, just to get to the base level is GMOs are widely used. They've been widely used for many years and they have many positive uses, a lot of them. Okay, any internet search is going to show you that, hey, these are actually great things. And I think what, ha what happens is not knowing about the science of it, its uses, it turns it into this unknown. And if, if you look at corn product, the vast majority of corn product consumed in the United States, that's GMO. Now, there's some other problems with GMOs in terms of, you know, patents and lawsuits and things of like that. And I'm not talking about that. But genetic modification has been going on for a long time. And, uh, you know, if you look at Mendelian genetics, they're crossing plants. And so this isn't just within the last 30 or 40 years, you know. So just keep that in mind as a baseline of understanding that GMOs do a lot of good. Can they be used for evil? Absolutely. Or is there some bad that can come from them? Absolutely. There's no question. If you look at biological warfare, a lot of that is genetic modification. There's rumors and there's a book called Biohazard written by a guy named Ken Albiak, where Russia was trying to take Ebola and splice it into anthrax. Okay. Because anthrax is a stable form of a, of a bioweapon. Okay. So they wanted to make it more lethal. So there's no question that GMOs can be used for evil, but their benefits are tremendous. Okay. And a lot of them, a lot of the longevity of our, of our existence came from GMOs. Okay. So that research, you're talking about everything molecular biology. Okay. It's a pretty big field. And for us to throw that away, would be throwing away a huge part of medical research and science. So that's the first question, those sets of questions, the first two. I hope that's changed some of your perspectives and, and armed you with some knowledge, even if you're against GMOs. Now you have some knowledge that, yeah, they, they help. The second question is in regards to climate change. Now I have to differentiate here because I do believe pollution is terrible. When I'm talking about pollution, I'm talking about oil spills and people throwing their crap over the highway. I think that's bad. Okay. And so there's this definitely a distinction that pollution is not good. When we're talking about what is referred to as greenhouse gases, I think it's interesting that that term is used greenhouse, specifically carbon dioxide, CO2, carbon monoxide, CO. And the idea is that these gases are ruining planet earth. Okay. So this is where I start making my distinction in the question that I asked to those who are, are wanting zero greenhouse gases. The question that I asked them, where does sugar come from? 
So they'll scratch their heads. And every once in a while, I'll get somebody who said, they'll say plants. I'm like, that's absolutely right. Most sugars come from plants. And so we go into discussion a little bit further. And I say, molecularly, where does sugar come from? The vast majority, 98% of them cannot answer this question. And then what I tell them is to, to go on the internet and look up the equation for photosynthesis. CO2, carbon dioxide, plus water creates, there's a little arrow, you know, photosynthesis. It creates sugar and oxygen. And if you actually go on and you look at the molecules, the way the molecules are transformed in the process of, you know, splitting water and all this other stuff, and you have a dark reaction that creates sugar and all the whole process, sugar comes from carbon dioxide. Okay. So if you are eating carbohydrates at one point in time, that was a carbon dioxide molecule in the atmosphere. Believe it or not. I know that's a mind melting thing to, to think about, but the, yeah, that's where sugar comes from. So you cannot remove all greenhouse gases. Okay. We would die all of us. And I know there's many people who will disagree. Go and, and do a Google search and, and find it. The truth of the matter is if you increase CO2 right now, it's like if we were to like say, okay, let's be bad and just make all these greenhouse gases, photosynthesis would increase. There'd be a greater production of sugar. There'd be greater production of oxygen. To push this even further, there are many greenhouses that actually pump CO2 into the greenhouses so the plants will grow more efficiently, faster. They'll grow bigger. CO2 is great for plants. And in return, what do plants do? Yeah, they, they create sugar and they create oxygen. So as a baseline level of discussion, you cannot eliminate all greenhouse gases. It's absolutely crazy to, to even talk about that. Many of you will say, well, what about carbon monoxide? You know, we have these all these gaseous emissions and carbon monoxide is bad. That's not CO2. Okay, great point. Carbon monoxide in and of itself is not stable. It cannot exist like that indefinitely. And guess what it becomes? That's right, CO2. So CO2 is not your enemy. It's part of the photosynthetic cycle. We need it to survive. It becomes sugar. That is, if I can get everybody listening to this podcast to accept that, okay, great job. That's, that's, I, I'm, I'm very excited just to have that level. Now we can talk about all these, you know, incubating gases and increasing heat and things of that nature. And there are other questions I ask, you know, food for thought, if the sun turned off tomorrow, do you know how much trouble we would be in as the, as a human race? There is nothing that we could do artificially to recreate another sun or what we're benefiting in terms of the heat and the energy and the light, all those things, we are pretty much going to die. Okay. If the sun turns off, there's nothing we could do to change that if it happened. And so keep that in mind. Are there fluctuations in temperature changes? Absolutely. It's been going on for a long time. Uh, you know, and so that should be the beginning level for the debate. And that may upset some people, but those are two scientific facts in terms of GMOs. Insulin is a pure GMO. And in terms of uh, climate change, global warming, CO2 is a necessary molecule for life. We need it. We eat it as sugar every single day. So all that sugar that you're eating at one point in time, it was probably a CO2 molecule. 
in any event, those are the two mind melting thoughts that I had for you guys today. Hope didn't ruffle any feathers. Thank you guys for listening. I would love to read your reviews on iTunes and I will see you next time.